0: Church family, today we're gonna look over um, Acts chapter fourteen. Uh, I decided I'll probably take the entire chapter for this particular episode, um, and uh, just again to give us a context of where we're at. Um, you remember chapter thirteen? This was really the, the focus of the book of Acts is is, uh, is on Paul. Before the first twelve chapters, really on the main apostles, particularly Peter and his ministry. But when we get to chapter thirteen. This is where Paul is doing his ministry to the Gentiles. The entire book of Acts uh, highlights how uh, the gospel goes from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and goes all over the world. And we're starting to see how that's played out. In the beginning of chapter 13, Paul is out there um, um, winning people to Christ and showing supernatural means and healing people. And he's doing these things. and And the people that are being saved are both Jews and Gentiles. And people were um this is a time in the early church where where jewish people thought very highly of their ethnicity and their and their um lineage and heritage uh so that you know the fact that there's these gentiles coming in this and you know paul argues from the scriptures that um these gentiles will are, are also going to receive uh the blessings of god because they place their faith in him offends the jews and that's why there's an emphasis here on turning to the gentiles and ministering to them because they're the one open to truth. Uh, so chapter 14 really kind of continues on with this is uh, what we call, call Paul's first missionary journey. Uh, he goes there, He faces. he's going to face opposition, and as he goes, um, the gospel is still spread even though there's opposition. Now, I think in our day and age, we tend to focus a lot on being comfortable. Uh, we love the fact that uh, life is just all about comfort and things that we work for, and we protect our comfort. We protect the things that we like. We protect the things that make us uh, feel good at living on this earth, not realizing that this life is fleeting and that um, the things that we have in this world is passing away. And um, But the more urgent thing is not even the fact that we lose the things in this life, it's that people that we know are being lost in all of eternity, that there are those in our lives who have never heard the gospel. And it is our duty to non-believers to try to win people to Christ. And it takes a lot of effort to do so. It may, it's a very um, easy command when Paul tells us, I mean, when Jesus tells us in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations. Um, That's what Christians are supposed to do. Christians are called to be disciples. You're in whatever field you're in or job or career or life stage, your primary task as a Christian is to win people to Christ. Um, and we're going to look at chapter 14 and see the, the persistence in, in Paul and the, in these early disciples, how they did not stop. They did not try to... Um, they, they, there were roadblocks and stones and everything that was thrown on them, and they did not give up um, because they understood um, the importance of winning people to Christ. And I hope that as we go through this that you see that the urgency... Uh, of winning people to christ becomes paramount in your own life as well um, because i know that you know as one of the pastors here one of the missions of the church is to win people to christ it's not to do, fix the the world or or do some sort of social cause or anything like that our primary objective is to win people to the saving knowledge of jesus christ so let's look at chapter 14 in Iconium, now okay, I- Iconium is about. Uh, this is a place that's like maybe 90 miles south of Antioch, um, which you know to us doesn't mean much. It's like you know going from here to you know, maybe uh, like Sacramento or something like that. But for them back then, they had to walk. So 90 miles is a is a is a, lo- is a really long trip. In this place, Iconium, it's it's a mix of different ethnicity and background. So as a, a, you know, there's these Jews and Gentiles together. And uh, as usual, the apostles, whenever they get into a new town, the first place they go to are the religious places so that they can uh, you know, win them or have these um, religious debates to try to win people to Christ. And that's what's, what's, what's going on here. In Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of the people believed both Jews and, Gen- Jews and the end of Greece. So we see that the apostles were, were winning people to Christ. They're here in this synagogue, this religious uh, center, and they're, and they're sharing the gospel and people believed. Uh, verse 2, but the Jews who disbelieved stirred up in their minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. So there are some Jews, however, that did not believe. So there are those who, who have received Christ, and there's others that are just so jealous and upset, uh, and the result is that they try to get the Gentiles to turn, and some people do turn against them. Uh, uh, there's a you know, just the reality that some people believe and others don't, so the least likely people that you thought will accept the gospel is actually the people that are more open to it and some of the people, people that you want and you hope to receive Christ sometimes they're the ones that are most hard-hearted but yet regardless of um, who, we engage, who we talk to and what level of resist- resistance they have towards the scriptures the main task that we need to do as believer is to win and to proclaim boldly uh, the God of the Bible. Verse 3, Therefore they sent, spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to the word of His grace, granting th- that signs and wonders be done by their hands. So they're asking for great, uh, God for power to be able to go and um and you know, win people by confirming truth he's hoping that people will uh see the miracles and will um win and and you know basically they'll re- receive christ because they see that there's this tangible reality that those that truly uh you know these the, these people that when these apostles want to talk about jesus that they're that jesus is the one true god first four but the people of the city were divided some sided with the jews and some with the apostles an attempt was made by both Gentile, by both Gentiles and the Jews, with their rulers, to mistreat and to stone them, they became aware of it, and fled to the city of Lyconia, Lystra and Derbe, and, sur- and the surrounding regions. And they, can, and there, they continued to preach the gospel. So the, the, it seems like the situation got a little hostile. And then the wise thing, the, the uh, wise approach that the apostles did, was that they. Uh, fled the city and this isn't to say that these people were you know the believers they were cowards it's just that there's a wise uh, there's there's a there's, there's sort of foresight here uh, the Lord just moving them away to go and, and share the gospel eventually they'll return back to this place um, as we see in verse 21 uh, they went back and then they you know try winning people to Christ so these people were not cowards they just saw the strategy in terms of like um losing this battle but winning the war kind of mentality that they, that they retreated back for a while. Not because they were afraid of the people, but that they found more usefulness in terms of winning others in a different location to Christ. Uh, verse, uh, yeah, you see the verse seven. They went and cont- continued to preach the gospel. They didn't stop. These disciples uh, and the apostles, when they had obstacles in the way, they did not quit. And you know, for us as Christians, sometimes in our modern day, uh, we aren't as driven as we should be, particularly in areas of ministry. A lot of us like to say that we want to do certain ministry or like we, will, we want to be part of certain things in the church. But when, um, when push comes to shove, we find that people don't really want that. They don't really want to be involved. They're just all talk and no action. Uh, and Sometimes they're all talk until there is some sort of obstacle that is hindering them to be able to do the ministry the way that they want. And the apostles did not do that. They didn't, in their mind, decide, okay, I'm going to minister only to this people or that people or that. Okay, there's opposition in a way. This is God's sign telling me that I should not do this anymore. And we're too quick to jump to that conclusion. Sure, it's true that God can close the door of ministry for some, but that doesn't mean that just because you're discouraged, that means that you need to quit or not do that ministry anymore. Um, there's a there's a blessing and persistence because uh, you know we're trying to win people. This is a, a war of the minds. And the first time people hear the gospel, they may not understand it right away. But over time, as the Lord works in your heart and in the other person, um, the hope is that both of you will come out there as believers in the faith. Uh, so the you know, the apostles and disciples they were continuing preaching the gospel. Verse eight. And at lister, a man was sitting, who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked this man was listening to paul as he spoke who that who when he had fixed his gaze on him and seen that he had faith to be made well uh said with a loud voice stand up right on your feet he leaped and began to walk this should sound familiar because in Acts chapter three uh this kind of happened to peter as well uh he he, uh, there was a lame person from the womb and um it's almost like a like a like a pattern here that we see, like the miracles. Uh, there's a, both of the, this person and the one in Acts chapter three are are lame people, the people that did, those legs who don't that doesn't work anymore, and, uh, and but they have this level of faith. They looked at Paul, and then Paul looked back straight at them, and with a loud voice, he said, "Stand up on your feet," and he leaped and began to walk. And that's an amazing thing that Paul had enough faith to trust that God will 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 give um, this person. Um, the means to be able to hear the gospel," uh, he said in a loud voice. This is, you know, he was bold. He wasn't afraid of what was going going to happen to him, and he and Paul really trusted in the Lord because he's never. It's not like this person stood up and he said, like, "Oh, see, I healed them." It was the other way around. Uh, if if let's say this this lame person did not walk, if this lame person did not move, that would mean that the God of the Bible is false and just like any other God. But the fact that uh, the for this particular time. Uh, this person, uh, you know, was able to be made well, it, it pointed people to the Lord, and, and also that you can see Paul's uh, f- uh, just his boldness, he trusted the Lord he, that God is going to do what he's going to ple- what he pleases. He knows that by God's power, this person got better. Verse 11 When the crowd saw that Paul had done what Paul had done, they raised up their voices, saying in Lyconian language, The gods have become like men and have come down to us. And he began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. So apparently, uh, the, w- when they saw what happened, they they got so startled that they started labeling Paul and Barnabas as like deities in flesh. Um, and we know that's not the case. Um, that you know they're that, you know, that they're that's you know they're not gods of the of, of the pagan. Uh, they're not any of the pagan gods. And it's interesting they called him. Uh, barnabas zeus and then paul Her- hermes because back then there was a like there was a fable or an idea uh in like that zeus and hermes visited of certain visited that town and then they were disguising themselves as regular mortals and and in the end they um ended up having to uh, you know they're they're trying to get uh, hosted and and have someone serve them but only one Pair, you know, two guys came were willing to help them, and uh, and as Zeus and Hermes got so mad, they cursed the entire city, except for these two individuals that hosted them. And the reason why this individual is saying this that that you know that uh, Barnabas is Zeus and Paul is Hermes it's supposed to make them say, okay, let's we've made the mistake once, uh, let's not do it again. So they they were assuming that these were actually the the reincarnation or the appearance of these uh, Greek gods. Uh, they began to worship him verse 13 the priest of zeus whose temple was just outside the city brought oxen and garland to the gates and wanted to uh, wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowd but when the apostles uh, but when the apostles barnabas and Saul heard of it they were they tore their robes and rushed out into the crowd crying out and saying men why are you doing these things we are also men of the same nature as you and preach the gospel to you uh, that you should turn from these vain things to a living god who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in it so you know there's a humble attitude here that these people were praising paul and barnabas and paul and barnabas did not want to take credit for it they wanted to show them that no we're not that we are not um paul we're not zeus and uh, hermes and he they, and they and enforced they it uh, they force the conversation to focus on on Jesus Christ. Uh, obviously, these uh, Gentiles didn't have any concept of what a, a single God is. They they believe in they have a polytheistic culture, and um, and uh, and you know Paul rebukes them, saying that they are merely humans, they have the same nature as them, they, but they rather, and, and that they also worship the living God. Verse sixteen: In the generations gone by, he permitted all the nations to go their own way. And yet he did not leave himself without witness, in that he did not he well uh, in that he did good, and gave you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even saying these things with difficulty, they restrained the crowds from offering sacrifices to them. So again, Paul here is just trying to show them that God has always gave. A means for people to know them and This is like kind of romans chapter one and two that there's uh, the people understood just created nature and the moral law this is supposed to make people think about the eternity and we know that just because people um uh just because people uh, profess that they are believers that does not mean that they are um and every generation, uh, God has provided a way for, for people to know Him. God has always created an opportunity for people to get to know the one true God. It's just whether or not you have faith uh, that um, that God is revealing Himself in all times in different ways. Mainly the scriptures, but through different means as well. Verse 18, He even saying these things, the difficulty they reserved the crowds, restrained the crowds from offering sacrifices. Them. So, you know, they didn't want the food that was given to them. Uh, verse 19 but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having won over the crowd they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead but while the disciples stood around him he gave he got up and entered the gate uh, entered the city then the next day he went away with Barnabas to Derby. after after um, after all their missionary journeys uh, they found themselves having to now go back to uh uh i mean they were persecuted essentially and the result of that persecution is that they uh ended up um going back to continue on the ministry uh but the jews came from Antioch iconium and having won over the crowds they stoned paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead while the disciples stood around him he got up and entered the city the next day he went to barnab he went away with Barnabas at derby and they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples. They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue. And if they saying, through many tribulation, we must enter the kingdom of God. So, you know, Paul did not quit. You know, again, like I said, like some people, uh, whenever there's just a opposition in ministry, they just give up automatically. Not Paul or the disciples they kept on going. Uh, they were stoned and then Paul just got up. Um, I mean, it was probably some sort of supernatural thing. Uh, they thought he was dead or maybe he was really wounded. But Regardless, Paul did not quit just because the ministry got difficult. And that is a lesson for us to learn that part of the responsibility that we have to non-believers is that we don't quit. Uh, just because someone has rejected us once in sharing the gospel does not mean that we need, you know, that's because, that means it's probable for swine. No, you, you keep praying for them and you keep ministering to them and you find the best opportunities and ways for you, to, um, you know, to share the gospel with them. You don't quit. It's easy to do that. It's easy to think, just look at one little simple opposition and think that this must mean that God doesn't want me to do this anymore. And that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes it just means that um, you need to keep persisting because that's how God uses you uh, to also bring others to Him. Um, notice that... Uh, he, they were strengthening those that were you know that need encouragement like so you know paul is the one that got beat up and were you know ridiculed and falsely worshiped and all of that and he's the one telling people and encouraging others even though he probably needed it and again this shows us persistency and the courage that you know, paul has in terms of shepherding people uh that even though he was uncomfortable he did not quit he did not quit the ministry he just kept going uh verse 23 when they appointed elders for them in every church having uh having prayed with fasting they, con- they commended them to the lord in whom they had believed so now this is like you know, this whole time that they're there paul's witnessing to them he's establishing churches establishing leaders and uh, he just taught them all that he knew verse 24 when they passed through Pisadia, came to pamphylia when they had spoken the word in perga they went down to at helia atelia from there they sailed to antioch from which they had been coming commended uh to the grace of god for the work that they had accomplished so uh this really ends paul's first minis- min- missionary journey he goes back to antioch now and he and um knew the Lord, and, and they had been commended uh Basically, for their hard work, they they went back after their ministry journey, and then the people thanked the Lord for how faithful the Lord was able to do with, you know, use them. Verse twenty-seven: When they had arrived and gathered uh, the church together, they began to report all the things that God had done with them. Now He had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they spent a long time with the disciples. So this is important because it, um, he he's encouraging them. Uh, what all the things he's seen. So this is like in Paul's first missionary report, he's telling them all the blessings and all the rewards. And, you know, when we minister to our missionaries and when our missionaries come, it's the same idea. It's supposed to be for us to get to know them, but also for us to see God's faithfulness uh, wherever um, they go. And uh, that's supposed to encourage us so that we can be faithful in our time as well as support the work of the ministry uh, worldwide. And uh, I hope that as we think about this, that that we um, that we don't quit. Paul here, the very, very last verse that they've been there for a while, is actually they've only been there technically for one year. So Paul had this ministry opportunity to this uh, Iconium for one year, um, and that's what he did. He just did just that for one year. He went to evangelize to people. He made disciples. He made he church planted. He had ordained elders. I'm sure he did baptism as well. He did all of these things out of a love for the Lord. And I hope that, that that love for the Lord for you would be the thing that drives you to be faithful to Him. That, that the love of God, as I said in 1 Corinthians, controls all things, and that your love for the Lord Jesus Christ is what's going to move you to a life of faithfulness and obedience to Him especially in the area of evangelizing that yes there might be oppositions from false christians there might even be opposition from those that are of the world but you don't quit or you don't get discouraged but you understand the urgency at hand in terms of winning people to jesus christ and i hope that as you saw this passage that it will inspire you not to quit in terms of winning people to the lord that you, um, you look at your life and you take stock of who the Lord has blessed you with in terms of friendship and you do all that you can uh, to witness to them. It may not happen, they may not be saved the first time or the hundredth time, but you don't stop because you know that the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you and will use you in a mighty, mighty way in hopes that people uh, will get saved. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a great day.